welcome to Pineapple Reels. I'm your host, Nia, and on today's episode, I want to talk about Antiviral that came out in 2012. It was the directorial debut of Brandon Cronenberg, who is the son of David Cronenberg, who is most known for um, A History of Violence, Crash, and The Fly. And I think that the movie antiviral directly correlates with our obsession with celebrities and the reason why i wanted to dive into is i don't think a lot of people know about it and this film life is directly reflecting it as there is now a company that is just like the lucas clinic so if you haven't seen this film stay tuned and deep dive in it with me Antiviral is about an hour and 48 minutes long, and for the plot, it is about Sid March, who's an employee at a clinic that sells injections of live viruses harvested from sick celebrities to obsessed fans. Biological communion for a price. Sid also supplies illegal samples of these viruses to piracy groups, smuggling them from the clinic in his own body. When he becomes infected with a disease that kills super sensation Hannah Geist, Sid becomes a target for collectors and rabid fans. He must unravel the mystery surrounding her death before he suffers the same fate. Antiviral debuted in 2012 via Cannes Film Festival. Now at the time, it was an odd concept, definitely far-fetched, like who would actually want to eat celebrities and don't get me wrong i understand the film's message society has an obsession with celebrities an obsession uh paparazzi um invading their privacy fans that go too far and cross the line you have gossip columns and social media personalities that always talk about what's going on in their personal lives and this film shows us how far is too far as well as what happens when said celebrity lets the fame consume them to the point where they are just products and no longer human beings the main reason i wanted to revisit this film is due to its now real world counterpart bite labs bitelabs.org is an authentic website that sells celebrity meat what exactly is celebrity meat now via their website this is all the information i got off their website bite labs produces fine artisanal salami for meat that has been lab grown from celebrity tissue samples they quote offer hi- highly controllable meat production without the animal cruelty waste and environmental impacts of industrial farming end quote even after growing going through this website i find it all rather odd why are we as a society so infatuated with celebrities to get to this point? It's a step above cannibalism, if you ask me. The film follows Sid March, played by Caleb Landry Jones, um, if you've ever seen Get Out or X-Men First Class, he's in both of those, who works at a clinic of sorts called Lu- the Lucas Clinic. They sell viruses harvested from sick or ill celebrities to super fans who want to be as close to their... Uh, celebrity of choice as possible. 
Now, on the side, he smuggles said viruses to piracy groups, and with the clinic's high security measures, he has no choice but to hide them within his own body. So we see in the film that he actually will inject himself with a little bit of said virus illness whenever he's giving it to a patient. He takes a little bit for himself at that time as well to try to go and detect it. Um, he sells the viruses he steals to a quote-unquote meat market. <laughs> and the owner, Arvid, who buys and sells viruses, he also sells them on the black market. He also grows his own uh, celebrity tissue to make his own meats as well. Um, at work, one of his co-workers is fired. Uh, this co-worker's name was Derek. Uh, he was fired once the clinic learns that he was stealing viruses. And Sid's boss knows that there's another person who did it, as there's another machine that was gone. Sid's boss knows that there was a sample stolen and speaks to every employee to find out who stole it. Luckily for Sid, his boss doesn't suspect him and actually and actually asked him to take over Derek's place and collect virus samples from the famous Hannah Geist at her home. Hannah Geist just happens to be his favorite celebrity. When Sid arrives at her home, it's covered in flowers, seemingly sent by adoring fans. He takes a sample and places it in a safe box. Once her assistant confirms it's locked, she walks it out. In true fashion, Sid sneaks a sample by injecting Hannah's blood in his arm. The symptoms hit Sid quickly and so hard he cannot function at work. He's falling over. And he asks a coworker to take over for him as he is not able to finish a consultation and he goes home. He makes a blood sample to sell, though it's a physically daunting task. The machine that he's using, which he hides within his closet in his home, uh, he uses it to extract the viruses and it's broken and it contaminates the sample that he made previously. He hides a contaminated sample in the back of his mini fridge behind uh, one of the parts. And on the way out, his landlord tells him uh, that someone was looking for him. And they they wanted her to uh, let him in, but she wouldn't let him in because she's like, oh, well, you know, you don't have a right to be in there. But they did leave their number. We also learned that the illness that killed Hannah was placed... Um, Sorry. We also learned that the illness that killed Hannah happened somewhere in China, and her parents won't let them conduct an autopsy until they get there. Later at the Astro Bodies meat market, there is a line at the door. Hannah's meat has increased in demand due to her death. Sid tries to cut ahead, but a customer, his previous patient, tells him to wait his turn. Uh, Arvid alludes that he can sell Hannah Geist for years to come, especially since he has been harvesting her cells for the black market. He breaks the news to Sid that she was sick for a week, then was found dead, yet no one in her circle has gotten it. Also, Sid was one of the last people to see her alive, though he denies it and adds that it's too bad because there's a high demand for whatever she had. And he's I think he was lying because he did I think part of Sid doesn't want to admit that he is like everybody else some crazed fan that is so obsessed so infatuated with these with this person they idolize he doesn't want to be lumped in with those people so he lies about it to Arvid that you know that he doesn't know what it is and he doesn't have it and Arvid believes that Sid is holding out and before Sid leaves he gives him some Hannah Geist meat on the house Back at the clinic, Sid's co-workers take bets on how she died. 
Sid meets with uh, Arvid and now is walking with the cane as he's getting more sick every time that we see him in each passing scene. Arvid deals with the restaurant owner who has an issue with a bad batch of Hannah Geist. As it seems, it's spoiled seemingly overnight. Arvid asks Sid if he'll let him know what's killing him, but he gives him a BS excuse. It's, it's kind of vague, and they enter uh, a club of sorts. It's a dark room. Um, there's some lights on there. There's only one person when he when they go down this long hallway. It's a, a lady with blonde hair who seems like a secretary of sorts. And uh, Arvid leads him to the back and tells so that this is one of the best guys. While waiting for Arvid, Sid goes through a door that has a red curtain. Behind it is Hannah Geis pleading to be released. She's nude in a white padded box and she offers to hurt herself and show her body to, re- to be released. Basically anything to escape the confines of what she's in. Uh, Arvid finds him and tells him it's an attraction that's catching on in town. It's not real. It's like a virtual reality type of thing. And Sid follows Arvid to another room where he meets his associate, Levine. He has a machine Sid needs, and Levine built it on his own with parts. He asks Sid if he wants to run his bug through his machine, but Sid declines. And Levine says he can have one built for him within a week, though Sid was told he would be able to get it quicker. And Arvid and, and, Arvid and Levine assure Sid it's okay. Levine requests a sample as a sign of good faith. Sid is confused and looks to Arvid without looking up. He says he told Levine that he would give them the Hannah bug that he's been carrying around. He tells Sid, don't be a miser. And Sid tries to leave, but a man blocks his way, then punches him several times. The next scene, we see a slumped and betrayed Sid reluctantly having several vials of his blood taken. Arvid tells him he feels betrayed that Sid didn't share it with him. Sid sits in silence the entire time. Arvid tells Sid that he can still work for him, and Sid tries to leave again, but Arvid and Levine hold him down to get a sample of the rash on his arm. Levine uses a tool to cut a hole in the skin to extract and and, uh, replicate it. Sid wakes on an alley. Sid awakes in an alley alone in broad daylight. He goes to a diner, and while there, a man unknown to him sits across from him in the booth. He tells him that Hannah died in her sleep while her boyfriend was in the other room. He even slept beside her body the whole night without knowing. Seems like odd small talk with a stranger until another unknown man comes in and sits next to Sid pretending to read a menu. He tries to get out of the booth, but the man next to him won't let him pass. They tell him they are taking him to meet somebody and it'd be for the best if he didn't give them any trouble. Once in the car, he turns to Sid and says, don't worry you're a commodity. They drive down a long, windy, forested road for a while until they get to a large home. A doctor asks Sid several health questions as Sid is laying on a white cloth. He takes a vial of his blood and can see the virus. It's the same one that Hannah has. And Hannah is also at this house as well. Sid says he thinks the virus destroyed his console. And the doctor tells him that the virus was designed with a security measure to prevent analysis. With effort, he was able to bypass it. Hearing that it was designed brings concern to Sid. And the doctor lets him know that he's become involved in something sinister. Hannah's assistant tells him to go to a room and sit and wait. 
Inside, laying in bed, is the Hannah Geist. Sid reminds her that they met previously, and Hannah says she was informed about his arrival. She asks Sid if he started bleeding yet, as bleeding from your mouth is part of the virus. She's been having nightmares and trouble sleeping. Her death was a cover story, but she is dying. They just haven't found a cure. They have reason to believe that the virus was an assassination attempt, and this was the best way to avoid a second attack. Hannah's assistant suggests that they can maybe help each other out. She places two cards of viruses down, and she tells Sid that the, that the disease wasn't invented from scratch. It's a modification of something that they sold to Lucas Clinic three years ago. And they assume that someone at the clinic... Uh, recreated it and if he can find out who it might be the best for them and Hannah as it could be the first step to finding a cure he informs her that his machine is broken and she assures him that they can get whatever it is that he needs the doctor informs Sid that Hannah had a small psychotic episode and thought he was someone else the doctor also tells Sid that there is a company in Munich that makes skin grafts as he pulls back his sleeve to show four rectangle skin pieces on his inner forearm, one of whom is Hannah's. With each patch, he says his life feels more charged, and he questions why Sid injected himself with Hannah's blood, playing high moral ground, but suggests that he is just another fan. And now him and Hannah share a powerful bond in death. Sid says he doesn't want to die from this, and the doctor hands him a bottle of antiviral pills that he must take two to three times daily. They should help slow down the infection. Sid wakes up to a pool of his own blood on his pillow. The virus is worsening. When he arrives at work, a coworker tells him that he looks horrible and lets Sid know that he had to cover for him at work. He claims it's just because he's easier to talk to than his therapist. Sid asks the clerk, uh, for the sales of a Hanna sample. He asked for the sales of a Hanna sample, S-888. As the last two months, she says that S-888 is a Bermuda virus, which has phased out when they received Paris Honeymoon. It's been taken out once since April by Derek, the same employee who was fired. While leaving his building later, Arvid is attacked by Sid. Sid threads him with a syringe full of his own contaminated blood. Sid asks Arvid what Derek was working on, and Arvid tells Sid that Derek was into some weird pathology, but he hasn't bought anything from him in over a year. Seeing that he's weak, Arvid pins Sid against a wall while choking him and makes him drop the syringe. Sid complies. Arvid tells him that the sample they took fried Levine's machine. None of the sample lasted more than a day, and it attracted a lot of attention. Arvid hands Sid the syringe and tells him to leave. Later, Sid breaks into Derek's place. It has been tossed and his machine taken. With some searching, Sid finds a vial hidden in a computer. Sid is interrupted by the landlord and walks out, covering his mouth with his hand to, I thought, mask, mask his appearance, but later I realize it's because he doesn't want to spread said disease. Back at his apartment, Sid's landlord grieves Hannah's death as her funeral service just happened. She notifies Sid of a package that was left for him. It's his antivirals. Sid takes two with OJ as he watches the news. Now that he has a new machine, he places what he found at Derek's place into it, and Derek's face appears along with other close-up images. Sid's condition is worsening, and he updates a doctor on his symptoms. The doctor says, 
if they intend on killing her, then why declare ownership of the weapon? Sid watches over Hannah while at her bedside. There's blood on her pillow, which he touches and smells. He hovers his hand over her mouth to check if she's alive. She's breathing, but it's slow. She suddenly wakes up, coughing and spewing blood. Her assistant comes in and is confused as to why Sid is there. He leaves and she tends to Hannah. When Sid goes back to his apartment, the door is open a bit and its place has been tossed, just like Derek's. Two tall men in suits wearing black masks appear behind Sid. When Sid awakens, he's in a white, bright room with photos of Hannah on the wall. A voice on the speaker tells him that they know that he has been infected with the same virus as Hannah. Weak, Sid tries to leave, but the door is locked. They are trying to capitalize on her death, saying that fans still have a gap, not knowing what happened to Hannah in her last hours, and they want to be close to her. He is there so they can observe and document how the virus progresses. One of the man, one of the men who came in the room to document is Levine, who tells Sid that he's sorry and that he's an innovator. Sid's condition worsens, as now he's throwing up blood just like Hannah did the last time he saw her. After hallucinating, Sid is awakened by two people taking his blood and pictures for documentation. Levine apologizes again, but states that they need to get this finished so they can get the product on the market while people still care. Otherwise, there's no point, and Sid owes him for what he did to his rig. While Levine's back is turned, Sid attacks him with a syringe full of his own blood into his gums. He breaks free and runs aimlessly through the facility looking for a way out. He realizes he's at Volantester facility. He finds his way to the waiting room, scaring off patients as he rises in pain, covered in his own blood. Security tries to grab him, but he uses an employee as a shield and his bodily fluids as a weapon, spitting blood and runs through a door. Sid tells Volantester later that the contract Hannah signed with Lucas prevents Volantester from selling her diseases, but a virus that they built and patented would remain their property, even if it passed through her body. She could be infected, a sample recovered, and then sell it as a Volantester exclusive. It's why they commissioned the virus from Derek Lessing and why he infected her during a house call. The rep smirks, stating, it's a great loophole, isn't it? And that it was her idea and would make them lots of money, but there's a problem with Derek's build. Sid asks if there's a cure. She thinks there could be, but it would be costly. Sid offers something to barter to improve his condition. The rep from Volantesser comes to the home of Hannah Geis, saying that she's alive, but still dying. She says that she is too far gone to be helped and that they'd be hearing from their lawyers. Before she leaves, Sid sees an opportunity in the tragedy that will benefit all parties. Volantesser show a new way of harvesting celebrities after death. Sid now works for them. Volantesser are showing investors a new way of harvesting celebrities after death. And Sid now works for them. And this part was like really creepy to me. And it makes sense because these companies, uh, production like these people who are behind these celebrities right they're making money from them if you're a musician you know you're you're doing tours and stuff like that and they make money off of that and product placement um but 
they found a way to make money from her even after she has died. And it's this machine that's been created and uh, Hannah Geist, her body is technically still in it. So they're able to um, still have her, her, her tissue growing and they're able to take samples. So technically she can be used to be enjoyed by fans for technically forever. And um, once alone, Sid goes to the machine that's harvesting Hannah's skin, blood, and tissue cells. And there's a part of the machine that looks just like a, like an arm, like a piece of skin. Um, and he takes a scalpel, he makes a cut, and he drinks the blood of her. And after that, he says that she's perfect, isn't she? And like I said, Hannah's dead, but her body still serves the people. All right, let's talk about ratings. So on IMDb, this has a 5.7 out of 10 from about almost almost 13,500 people. Um, I think it was a very good film. I rated it myself personally 8 out of 10. Uh, there might have been like one or two, uh, like a handful of things that I would I wanted to to see, but I understand why why it wasn't there. For this being uh, Brandon Cronenberg's directorial directorial debut, I think it was amazing. He created a film that was thought provoking and Black Mirror esque. You know, before people really knew a Black Mirror. Um, and I really like it. This indie film, I, I like films that make you think they're not the conventional type of movies that, that we're looking at. This kind of sci-fi mystery thriller. It's very interesting. And if you haven't seen it, I suggest that you see it. Even if you, even if you listen to this entire episode, it's still a good visual. There, uh, I pretty much explained everything, but there are some things that are still in there. One thing I did want to talk about was, I forgot to talk about earlier, was... Um, a friend of mine, he thinks that uh, there's a scene where, in the beginning of the movie, where Sid's boss, you know, says, hey, we know another machine was taken. We just don't know who took it, you know. Um, he thinks that that was the boss basically telling Sid, hey, I know it's you. And because I know it's you, I'm going to send you on this dangerous mission so that you can get sick knowing like hey if you're taking stuff go ahead and take it but you're gonna get sick too and that is ultimately the downfall of him of thinking oh I got one over I'm good and taking this thing taking this Hannah Geist uh, illness and ultimate and it didn't kill him but he went through a lot of uh, obstacles lost people who he thought were you know trustworthy people but I think that's a that's a very interesting uh concept and it it kind of works kind of for the most part but then there's a little bit of holes with the plot but I wonder if that is part of what the director was going for Right, so overall this film when I first saw it years ago it was very intriguing very like whoa that's crazy this is something in like the far far future so it's something that would probably happen when I'm like grandma age you know and whenever I figured out about Fight Labs and it's like oh this is a company like wants to make this a real thing that was just so odd to me however I can see it being a thing because people are really just 
infatuated with these celebrities they put um they give these praise to these quote-unquote false idols it's so odd to me i think it's one thing to really like a celebrity it's another to cross these lines how many stories have we seen about you know these great quote-unquote craze fans who break into these people's homes and wait for them or take their take their stuff or something that's a little bit more mild of you know someone buying i think it was a britney spears years ago were buying like tissues used from her you know or if you're at a concert and a celebrity they they uh, they're performing they're sweaty and they take a towel they wipe their body or their face with it and they throw in the crowd and people go crazy for it like I've been at concerts like that and I'm not screaming for the t-shirt and the towel. I'm like, uh, I don't want your sweaty whatever because it's still <laughs> a sweaty what like I'm I'm this is like that's not me. I've seen I live in Austin, Texas, so I've seen celebrities during like South by Southwest or ACL or concerts or festivals just walking down the street or like uh for South by Southwest is very, very, very common to you know, brush elbows with a celebrity in the convention center at some point. And it's it's not a big deal. I think I think you should think of a celebrity as a person because they are a person. Their face is more known, but they're still a person. It if anything, it could be, oh, you know, you bump into okay, like I I remember I was um I was at South by Southwest and I was walking down the street with some friends and I saw this guy approaching uh, with a girl, and I'm like, oh man, that guy looks so familiar. And I'm looking, I'm gonna go, he looks like that actor Adrian Brody, and it was Adrian Brody. And I am a big Adrian Brody fan. I think he's just like, and I say fan, I really just mean of his work. I don't know nor care about his personal life, I care about his acting ability. And um, I looked at him, he came closer, I said, oh hey, you know, you're such an amazing actor and I really enjoy your work, you know, thank you for just being so solid. He's like, oh, you know, I really appreciate that, thank you. And he kept walking. It was a very mild interaction, nothing crazy. When I told another friend of mine who also likes this actor, she just berated me with questions. You didn't get a picture, you didn't get an autograph. I said, no, I feel like that's kind of like an invasion of his privacy and I don't feel owed that. I feel like you're an actor, be an actor, give me a good performance, I'm good. You're a singer or a rapper, give me good lyrics, give me good performance, give me good delivery, I'm good on that. You know, give me what I'm paying for, essentially. But as far as outside of that, when you're not performing, you're not doing the scene that you're known for, I don't think that you owe it to me to you know for me to invade your personal privacy and space if i was a known personality or celebrity i wouldn't like that myself i kind of be like it's a little bit too much you know what i mean but i think this film shows us just how crazy how far it can go and again that's why i wanted to talk about this because it just correlates too much with celebrities like look at it now Celebrity gossip is such a popular thing now. Whether you care or not, it is in your news. There should be no reason why I'm watching CNN and I'm I'm learning about some celebrities, something that happened, you know, or the local news or whatever. I don't care. There are platforms for that, like E! 
or MTV, like those platforms are where people can go to to get that kind of information. There are gossip YouTube channels. There are gossip uh, Instagram pages that that is their business is telling you, you know, what's 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 going on. Oh, look, Rihanna's pregnant and pictures of her pregnancy and pictures of her at her home private pictures you know someone took across the street with like this super amazing lens and that is excessive to me we we've seen um like when britney spears had her quote-unquote episode where she shaved her head and this all was documented to me that was a moment of like hey here's this human being who is tired who is stressed out who's having a mental breakdown however no one's seeing if she's okay instead they're taking pictures and documenting this can you imagine if you're going through an emotional uh, this big emotional thing or a mental breakdown and instead of someone helping or even asking are you okay they're taking your picture and videos and then those pictures and videos are sold to someone else and put on other platforms it's kind of disgusting it's kind of it's kind of fucked up and this film shows us where our society is heading if we keep on being so obsessed with these celebrities. To me, their their personal business, their life, that's their personal business in their life. I do not care. Again, all that matters with, the, with, with these people is, hey, you know, whatever art that you're trying to showcase, do that art to your best ability. And, and that's that's about it. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Pineapple Reels. I will still be putting out the episode about The Wild Season 2. Basically a part 2, I'm going to summarize. Uh, episodes 2 to 8. And still no word if there's going to be a season three yet. Hopefully that comes out soon. But I think Prime is still waiting on the numbers to see if it's feasible and and go from there. If it doesn't get renewed for a, for season three, then I think what they should do is just like a special of oh, the wild special and just wrap it up like in a movie. Like give me like a two hour movie, wrap it all up in a nice little bow and 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 let's call it quits if if you're not gonna give me a season three that wraps everything up because i don't think the show needs more than three seasons to tell this entire story Mm -hmm.